following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at connectionchurchnc.com. Hey, I want you to take a look around you because here is proof. Take a look around. Many of you who came early, you did not see this. But here is proof that the Holy Spirit is moving in this community because what we are teaching is the gospel. The gospel is a challenging message. The Holy Spirit is alive and well. The message is alive and well. The message, listen though, is very challenging. Last week, probably one of the most challenging verses that we've studied in several weeks, if not months, here at this church. We studied Romans chapter 8, verse 28, where the Apostle Paul penned the words that God is working in all things for the good, right, of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Like even in the bad things, even in the no's, and even in the silence of God, He is working all things together for the good of those who love Him. One of the most challenging scriptures to truly grasp and to believe and to base our life off of. But around us, I am encouraged to see more and more people coming because what is happening is you are being drawn to the Holy Spirit and His truth. Because these are difficult teachings. And today is no different. Today we're going to dive right back into what the Apostle Paul said. He said it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. And so if you have a Bible with you, I'd love for you to turn there. If you have your phone, I'd like for you to go ahead and find 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. And as you're going there, I literally want you to do this. I want you to take a deep breath and hold on because this is going to get interesting this morning, okay? Everybody, deep breath. Hope you have a breath, mint. Good. This is going to get interesting. Paul says this. First, he says in Romans 8, 28, that this crazy stuff that's taking place, somehow God is working this out for my good. And today leading up into the Thanksgiving and Christmas season. He says, as we look in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, he says this, and I want you to say it with me. Ready? Give thanks. It's not bad. Let's start it again. Give thanks. And let's stop right there. You guys just hear what you read? I mean, this Paul guy, he he doesn't let up, does he? In the bad, God's working for the good. And, And today we're saying that we are to give thanks in all circumstances. we got to understand something real quickly before we go any further here this morning. Paul didn't write this first. 
You got to understand that Paul didn't write Romans 8.28 first. Last week we studied that verse. Your small groups, you went and studied that verse. Paul did not write that verse first. You got to understand that the Apostle Paul wrote this first. You see, he wrote 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians during his first missionary journey. And some of you who have my personality are like, Scott, what does it matter when he wrote it? Because you, like me, you, you just don't pay attention to the details, right? Anybody in here is not a details person? Like, thank you. You do not want me keeping your checkbook, for instance. Okay? I will go and spend your money. I don't worry about dotting I's and crossing T's. I just don't do that. But I do have to say this. Is we have a team at Connection Church, a team of leaders that are so wonderful that they challenge me in almost every area of my life. Like just being around those people that we call leaders at this church, they stretch me and they challenge me. Being around them makes Scott a better person. And so you've probably heard Pastor Bradley say, Pastor Bradley, by the way, is our details guy. Like you want him keeping your checkbook. Because what he's going to do next year when we have a thousand people at the volunteer dinner, he's going to get like a three-for-one special somehow. He just is going to do it. I don't know how, but he will. Um, He is the one that you want keeping your checkbook. He is the one who really works hard on the finances of this church. And I am thankful for that. He dots I's and he crosses T's. And so you've probably heard him say from this stage, guys, we have to understand the back story. And all that is, is we've got to understand the details of what has taken place. And we have to understand the details of when Paul is writing this letter. Because he wrote this long before he wrote Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Let me just rabbit trail for one second, if I can. This is, this is free. This is free for you this morning. If you are in a group of people, and you surround yourself with a group of people that do not build you, and do not add to you, and do not make you a better you, then my suggestion to you is that you need to find a new group of people to be around. You may need to find a new group of friends. And if that is not possible for you, like if you married that, or if you married into that, then I would suggest and almost challenge every single one of you, then you need to become the influencer instead of the one being influenced, okay? Because teamwork is that important. And the people that you surround yourself with are going to either make you better or they are going to drag you down. Okay? All right, rabbit trail ended. Thanks. Paul, first missionary journey on a scale of 1 to 10. He writes 1st, 2nd, and Thessalonians. On a scale of 1 to 10 on the persecution level, I'm just going to say it's about a 2. Persecution... Very low. And so when he's writing this, give thanks in all circumstances. Hey, Paul, you really don't know what kind of persecution, and you don't really have much bank to be saying this. Paul, 
Listen, you don't know what persecution is, so it's easy for you to say, give thanks in all circumstances. Paul, you've never lost your job. Paul, you don't have sick relatives. Paul, you don't have, and you guys fill in the blank. And listen, during 1 Thessalonians, he didn't. We've got to understand that as Paul's life, and especially his mission, continues during his second missionary journey, and especially his third journey, we've got to understand when he's writing 1 and 2 Corinthians, and when he is writing Romans 8.28, that God is working all things for the good for those who love him, Paul is at about an 11 on the scale of persecution in his life. Paul knows what circumstances are. Some of you in here are probably biblical scholars and you know all of that backstory. If you're like me, I made it through high school and don't really know how I made it through college, but Cliff's notes were a huge part of my life, right? You guys know who, what that, right? It's not Cliff's bar, but it was Cliff's notes that got me through school. And, and the Bible actually has Cliff's notes. If you will look into it hard enough, you will find this. And so for time's sake this morning, I want you to look at just a brief little clip of some of the persecution that the Apostle Paul went through. And that's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I want you to turn there. I want you to flip there in your phone. Because listen, the Apostle Paul knew something about circumstances. And he, above all people, could tell us to give thanks no matter what the circumstance. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Here we go. Starting around verse 23. He says, I've worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from river, bandits, countrymen, the Gentiles. I've been in danger in the city, in the country, in the sea. I've been in danger from false brothers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst. And have often gone without food. He says, I have been cold and naked. It is that guy who is telling us today that it is possible, no matter what your circumstance, that it is possible to give thanks. But if you're like me, we just read this. Guys, there has to be more to the story, right? Like, there has to be something that we're not seeing in Paul's life. Sometimes we use the phrase, there's got to be more than meets the eye, right? Like, what is it here with Paul? There's got to be more than meets the eye. I love... 
this season. I love Christmas. I love Thanksgiving. I'm a mall watcher. You know what that is, right? I'm not a mall walker yet. I will one of these days, but I'm a mall watcher. I will go to the mall and watch you. Just watch you. I will hawk you down. I will watch you because I will just love watching what you do. And I know some of you in here do that too. And I'm going to listen. Here's what I want you to do. You will see this couple this Christmas season. You will see this couple and they will stand out just like this. Now listen, I know that God created all men in his image, right? But there's just something that happened with some men. Like, they're just ugly. And I don't know what happened. Um, Bless their hearts, right? But you'll see this couple with this ugly guy. And then you'll see him with this beautiful woman. And you'll think to yourself, there's got to be more that meets the eye. And the first thought that will run through your mind is like, this guy's got to be a doctor. He's got to be a lawyer. Or he's got to be a preacher. One of those things will run through your mind. The fourth option is what my wife went for. She went strictly personality. Right? There's got to be more than meets the eye. And I believe it was this way with Paul because there's got to be more to this story. And if I'm going to be honest, I'm going to say, Paul, what was your secret? Did you guys know that Paul got bit by a snake? Listen, I had a bad experience last night at supper and I had to bite my tongue not to complain. Paul got shipwrecked and beaten, bitten by snakes, turned on by his own people. And he was able to say, God, thank you. I would just say, Paul, what was your secret? Because you know Paul had a secret, right? He tells us his secret. Because it actually, in reality, is not a secret. Because when it goes public and when it becomes public knowledge, it's no longer a secret. And in Philippians chapter 4, I want you to see a secret. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul gives us his secret of how in the world he is able to give thanks in all circumstances. Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 I love the book of Philippians. It's my favorite book in the Bible. The Apostle Paul says this in verse 12. He says, I know what it is to be in need. Can anybody relate? He says, I know what it is to have plenty. Can anybody relate? For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Verse 13, he reveals his secret. 
He says, I can do everything through him being Jesus who gives me strength. We've heard that verse a million times. We've probably taken that verse a million times out of context. But that verse is Paul's secret that no matter what the circumstance, whether good or whether bad, because of Jesus, Paul is able to say, God, thank you. See, Paul's focus was on Jesus and not his circumstances. And listen, church, I don't know if you know this, but this church and our focus must always remain on Jesus because there are going to be circumstances that are going to be coming our way. Hey, I am so excited for what this new year is going to bring. I can't wait to see what God continues to build. But if our focus is ever taken off of Jesus and it is placed on buildings and if it is placed on capital campaigns and it is placed on us, then our focus is going to be removed from Jesus. And if our focus remains on anything other than Jesus, our focus will eventually be on us. And so I don't care whether good or whether bad, I don't care the circumstances, church, our focus must remain on Jesus. Amen? You see, Paul knew that. But not only did Paul get that. For time's sake this morning, you go home and look at this. You study this in some of maybe your small groups. There's a guy by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a wee little man in a... Yeah. He had some pretty good circumstances. Zacchaeus was a rich man. But he had other circumstances that were going on in his life that let's say were less than ideal. And he got to a point in his life where he knew that his focus must be taken off of his circumstances. And he had to put them on Jesus. Why do you think he climbed the... What kind of tree was it? Sycamore tree. You guys got it. For the Lord, he wanted to see. There was this lady in the New Testament who had a bleeding problem, they say, and all the doctors from around, they tried and tried and tried, and no one could even come close to stopping her problem or heal her. Listen, that's a health issue. That's a serious issue health issue, her life was at risk. Listen, that's a circumstance that I think demands some of our attention. 
But her circumstance did not drive her. You see, one day she got up and she decided to take her focus off of herself. She decided to take the focus off of her doctors. She decided to take the focus off of everything else around her except the one who could heal her. And she simply, barely touched the hem of his garment. You read about in the New Testament lepers. You read about in the New Testament little boys who were demon-possessed. You read about dads who had sick children. And you find one thing in common is that eventually one day they decided to take their focus off of their circumstances and turn their focus to Jesus. And I believe in this room this morning there are some of us who there is coming a day that we are going to wake up And we're going to be moved by the Holy Spirit of God. And we may not even be able to explain why. But our circumstances are not going to drive us any longer. We're not going to focus on that. But we're going to focus on Jesus. Real quickly. Two things. And I'm going to leave it up to you guys to make this choice. Two reasons why, and I could come up with a thousand, but I'm just going to share two. You see, Jesus is more consistent than your circumstances. Do you know that? Thank you. He's more consistent than your circumstances. In an ever-changing world, And we live with a lot of people who we allow to dictate our circumstances. Did you know that even the people around you change? Circumstances change. And once we get this plate spinning right here, another plate needs to start spinning. And things start moving out of order. And when this plate starts to slow down, we have to speed this one up. And before we know it, listen, and you guys know it because some of you are there, we get exhausted. Our circumstances are all over the place. They're forever changing. And they demand our attention. Because our focus gets removed from the one and only that is constant. I just wonder how many of you in here saw the countdown on the screen and were like, I wonder what happens when it hits zero. Welcome table, we have some medicine for those of you who have that trouble. It's hard to stay focused. But the Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, 
It tells us of the one who is constant. You see, it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. In an ever-changing world, Jesus is the one constant. And he is more consistent than your circumstances. And then the second, real quick. I don't need to, and I'm not going to try. I don't want you to walk out of here and say, Scott, you don't even know my circumstances. Scott, you don't know how serious my circumstances are. I'm sure that there are some circumstances in here that are life-changing. And they're life-challenging. But if you would come at me by saying, Scott, you don't know my circumstances, I would just come back very gently and say to you, do you know my Savior? Because Jesus is greater than any of your circumstances. And I know that some of your circumstances today demand some of your attention. But you have to understand that the Jesus that we worship and that we celebrate is greater than that circumstance. And don't take my word for it. You see, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, it says this. It says that He who is in you. Do you guys hear that? He who is in you is greater than He who is in this world. The one that we call God, the Holy Spirit, the one that is in you is greater than anything that this world has to offer. Our focus has to be on the one, Jesus Christ, who is more consistent and who is greater than anything that this world may bring your way. I have a dear friend who I serve on his board of his ministry here in High Point. And this past Tuesday evening as our board meeting was closing, he shared with us the fact that he was going to have to be stepping down that he was going to be moving. His family was moving him and his wife to Virginia. You see, the circumstances are that his wife has early stages of Alzheimer's. So his family wants them to be closer to them. And as we sat around that board table, I want you to hear me. He did not tell us, Scott, Men, women, I don't want you to be praying for my wife. I don't want you to be praying for me. 
You see, you got to understand, this man is leaving a church that he's poured his life into. He has bled and sweat and worked for a great ministry in the High Point area. He's leaving friends behind. And he didn't say, guys, I want you to pray for this ministry. He didn't focus on all of those, yes, bad circumstances. But he closed the board meeting by saying this. Praise God. You see, my friend and his focus was not on his circumstances. His focus was on Jesus Christ. 